This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. We got a jam-packed episode this week. We're doing full Democratic convention coverage. We also hit a number of interesting topics, including Freddie Gray and some non-lethal police brutality that didn't get any coverage, but certainly will in the Mandatory Samson podcast this week. What do you think, Joey? I think it's an awesome episode, and enjoy. Tori Samson Podcast, episode 90. It's Chris Flannery. It's Joey Noe. Hi, everybody. We got Johnny over there. Hey, now. Welcome to the program, everyone. I put pen to paper at 12.15 a.m. this morning to start working on today's show, and I got to admit it, mm-hmm. I was fired up. Nice. I was watching all the speeches last night. President Obama, dynamite. We're going to get into that a little bit later in the program. Uh, we have a lot to get to today, today, Joey, but we can't cover it all. I said it last week. I cut out more than ever before oh. till this week. Okay. We had to cut a ton of shit out. Here's what we are going to talk about today. Okay. WikiLeaks, the DNC and Donald Trump, a solar plane breaking world records, ISIS rejecting surrender and the final ruling in the Freddie Gray case. Also, two shocking cases of police brutality that did not get a lot of coverage because nobody got killed, but they're still bad. That's good. Less death. That's good. Positive. Yeah. I think it's a net negative. And oh, yes, Joey, a 2016 update featuring coverage from this week's Democratic National Convention. I'm very excited about it. These are things we are not going to cover on today's episode. I just want the Samsonite to know these are things that are on my radar. They're going to come up potentially next week week after they've been in the the rotation mm-hmm. they haven't gotten in the show because we've had so much stuff to cover these are things we're not covering today but potentially will weed and booze studies came out very interesting the chilcott report out of england which we haven't talked about that was like a month ago we haven't even Ooh. touched on it interesting stuff there edward snowden roger ailes israel turkey the new british prime minister pervy patel very strange scary story from america tpp the fappening hacker was sentenced this week. Uh, we also have Syrian airstrikes and the civilian death toll. Jupiter. We got a lot of shit that we're going to get to over the next, you know, whatever, few episodes. But this planet's been busy this summer. It's it, it has been, Joe. I think it's the it's the heat. I think it's the the climate change is causing people to go a little insane, and uh, things are hitting the fan for sure. Wow. How you doing over there? I'm doing well, thank you. Excited to get into today's topics. Uh, you know what? I certainly am, too. I, like I said, I was very excited. I didn't start working on the rundown. I bookmark everything all week. And mm-hmm. then on Wednesday night, I get all my work done. I get whatever I got to do out of the way. And then I really sit down and focus on what we're going to talk about on the podcast. Couldn't start till much later last night, obviously, because of all the speeches at the DNC. I have clips from those speeches, um, and I, as I alluded to before. Barack Obama gave... In the pantheon of American oratory, maybe one of the all-time greats last night. I wow, mean, really? Yeah, I mean, just purely sp- like as a speech and as a performance, unbelievable. 
Top five of all time? Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen every speech ever, but... Okay. Yeah, it's definitely up there. I think it was fantastic, and it's very few people would be able to give that speech. Yeah, it was just an excellent speech. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. You playing... You, just quick update. Pokemon Go, you doing oh, any of this? Oh, I've been Pokemon going. I went up to the mall for three hours. Level 20, baby. What do you mean you went quick, to the mall? What mall did you go to? grinding. Quick oh. grinding is the answer. I don't understand what that means. People know it. You pop a lucky egg and you just sacrifice all the Pokemon. Wow. I, okay. Still completely lost, but good. Yes, I'm glad you're good. doing well. Uh, it's Palisades Mall to answer your question. Oh, you did? You did a, took a little drive up to the Palisades Mall? Yes, I did. Just to do that? Just to do that. Walk wow. around and... Get some Pokemon. All right. Did a little mall walking. That's fine. Johnny over there, I got to say this before we before we get into anything, before we started recording, I told Johnny he mm-hmm. got a nice comment on the SoundCloud, uh, SoundCloud. Somebody said they like they think he's funny. He should be more of a regular fixture on the show. With his common sense, he comes through uh, pretty well. What, what do you think about that, Johnny? I think you have very smart listeners is what I think. Uh, nice. See, this guy, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. All right. All right, Johnny. Yeah. Very impressive. We can work something out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're here today, so I'm happy yeah. to have you. I'm here for the college credit, but we could, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. You came for the college credit, but you stay for the <laughs> Mandatory Samson podcast. Uh, yeah, I really I really grew as a person there. I'm impressed so, you. Nice. I agree. All right. Get, get All right. out of here. All Thank right. you. Uh, you. You guys do your thing. Yes. I appreciate it. All right, Joe. You ready to get into this? Yes, show? I we am. Do, we do have a ton to get through today. So I want to start off with a couple of quick hits because, look. Obviously, the thing of the moment is all the convention coverage, the mm-hmm. election and stuff. But there's still other things going on in the world. Like, I, I mean, I got a laundry list of things that we haven't even covered that we are going to get to. This is one of the things I want to bring up off the top of the show. So Solar Impulse 2, Joey, on Tuesday morning in Abu Dhabi, returning to the same or airport it flew from a year ago, single seat Solar Impulse 2 completed a 27,000-mile around-the-world trip, setting eight world records along the way without using a drop of fuel. Nice. That's how uh, you do it. Absolutely. The two pilots, Bertrand Picard and Andre Borschberg, were the uh, the two guys that flew the plane. They, they spearheaded the whole project. Uh, this is what Bertrand Picard had to say. We have traveled 40,000 kilometers without fuel. Now it's your turn to take it further. We have enough solutions, enough technologies. We should never accept the world to be polluted only because people are scared to think in another way. The future is clean. The future is you. The future is now. I like to speak on the behalf of all humanity. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Wow. Okay. Joey, throwing down the gauntlet. I appreciate it. Uh, This Solar Impulse 2, 236-foot wingspan, 200 times lighter than a 747. It's about Mm. the... Same weight as a Ford Explorer, the other one okay. I was reading. Uh, and it goes 90 miles an hour. Now, okay, that's not top speed. That's definitely not something that we're going to be able to use right now for mass air transit. But you know what this sounds like to me, Joey? Very humble beginnings. Sounds like Jetsons shit to me. Mm. Doesn't it sound like everybody can maybe have one of these things eventually? Ooh. Nice new way of clean travel. Absolutely. Forget, we don't need roads where we're going. We just need our solar impulse uh, personal flight machines. And full of batteries. Yeah, well, no, it's all, this is all solar. They had a bunch of solar panels on the wings and stuff. That's why it took long, because obviously it's like the first, you know, the second iteration yeah. of this. Um, but that's, of course, where we could be headed. Yes. Wouldn't that be nice? Just fly to work or whatever. Traffic is gone. It'd be great. The only thing is... Uh, Apparently, the plane was broken for nine months. So if there's a way we can make it not break, that'd be fantastic. What do you mean? It was broken. God, give, give me more information. Uh, when it was traveling to Japan, 
the uh, well, one of the batteries that retains all the solar power broke, so they had to ground the uh, fly the the solo two in Hawaii for nine months. Oh bullshit! They landed in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. They broke the thing, and they were like, "I guess we're just stuck in Hawaii for this year." Oh well, we'll go back to Abu Dhabi when we can, but mm-hmm. I think it's we'll just hang into Hawaii. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's not perfect, but no, I know. But They're this does seem it. like the first step. It's interesting because I think people we tend people we all tend to look at a movie or we or we look at you know images that people have created of of what the future looks like and people are flying all over the place. It's like you know all this type of shit. But we don't see, we don't pay attention to the little steps that take place along the way. It's like we all have these little pocket computers, computers we run around with. This guy's flying around the world without any fuel. Like, we're on our way there. It just takes a little bit longer than, you know, 2005. But, yes. but we'll get there eventually. Very nice progress. I agree. And it's, uh, it's definitely something to keep tabs on because... The same argument of like, no, this, we just have to keep maintaining the status quo and whatever. Oh, we, we still have to stick to coal. No, we don't. We got f- solar planes flying around the goddamn planet. Let's focus on that type of stuff. And I think we are heading in that direction. So I just want to say that. That's good. Congratulations, fellows, on all those world records. Good job, gentlemen. Uh, Joey, ISIS, the terror group, ISIS, mm-hmm. they rejected a surrender plan mistake (laughs) you think so Mm -hmm. last week in syria the syrian democratic forces which is an alliance of arabs and kurds who have u.s backing presented isis with an offer to safely withdraw from manbij which i believe how you pronounce it uh which was rejected by isis isis countered they wanted their uh they wanted to allow critically ill civilians to get safe passage to a u.s controlled area in syria or Mm -hmm. right outside of syria um, in exchange for wounded ISIS fighters, but that was also rejected. Manbij is near Aleppo, which is the largest Syrian city. And I also have to say these these F- SDF fighters, the Syrian Democratic Forces, mm-hmm. they're secular rebels who are fighting ISIS, but they're also trying to overtake Syria from Assad, and Assad is attacking the rebels instead of attacking ISIS. So it's this whole cluster fucky situation over there, which this is why I wanted to bring this up. Mm-hmm. Number one, the real ISIS, the ISIS that people are worried about and the ones that are doing a lot of damage, that's where they are. They're in Syria and Iraq. They're, mm-hmm. not, they're not the ones that are coming over to Europe or whatever. These are random lone wolf people, and that's not really ISIS. The, the group that can reject or accept surrender deals, that's who it, ISIS actually is. And they have nothing really to do with us except that we have troops there attacking them. That's number one. Number two, when you hear people talking at the conventions, Republican convention and democratic side as well. It's not as simple as just going into Syria and setting up a no fly zone and protecting this. Like, are you out of your mind? There's too many factions that we don't really know anything about, uh, involved in the conflict over there. Factor in Turkey, who's supposed to be our ally, um, fighting against ISIS, but they're having a civil war, basically. Well, they're not having a civil war, but they're, they're much more religious in Turkey. That's the conflict. The coup people, are more secular. Erdogan is not. He's more of a religious guy. So, of course, he doesn't like the Kurds and these secular Arabs over there. He's more likely to back somebody that is religious. So, it's a, so many things going on, and that's why I like to put this stuff out there. Yeah, it's just, it's a mess. Just a mess. Well, <laughs> well here's the thing. Like, they gave him the opportunity. Get, he, 
We're going to let you get out of town. You can even have light weaponry, so you can keep your weapons. Just get out. And they said no. Yeah. Yeah, because what, what do they have to lose? The the ISIS has, ever, like, they they only lose when they're completely destroyed. Mm-hmm. So as long as they still have, a ha- you know, people fighting... That's they got a hand in. Yeah, they still and they can still put out their propaganda and things like that. So they they really have no there's no benefit to them other than yeah, maybe they save some lives, but they don't really seem to care about that. No, not at all. It's about carrying forth the, this ideology and trying to spread that a little bit. So that, you know, that that makes sense to me why they wouldn't accept it. But yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, well, as we've been doing, we just keep our eye on the situation. Yeah, absolutely. That's all we can do. Um, again, though, the main point to take out of that, though, that is really ISIS. Mm-hmm. So do you hear people talking about, you know, we got to bring the fight. We are already bringing the fight to them. We're already there. People are already fighting them. We don't have to invade. We're not going to invade Syria and Iraq again, but we have troops there. And the retaliation for stuff that takes place in Europe or Orlando or whatever it is, it's not. it's not really to go more balls to the wall into the Middle East. It's to do police work, like I've been mm-hmm. saying, and to really try to fight the narrative with what America does well and why the Western ideology is the right ideology. Not to say that there's not a shitload of problems with that, and you know we've addressed a number of those on this podcast, but you have to stick to lawfulness mm-hmm. and stick to the idea that human rights and, are, you know, and people are valuable. That's yes. how you're going to counteract this stuff. So anyway, that's why I'm putting that out there. Now, Joey... The really big story of the week, other than the convention, obviously, was this whole WikiLeaks, Democratic National Convention, Donald Trump situation. Trump waded into it uh, yesterday. Got any thoughts about this before we, we explain the whole scenario? It just, I, he's got to be careful what he says, I think. I, I, I think this could be one of the things that is going to hurt him. Uh, maybe. I mean, here's the thing. I hope it is because it should be. Donald Trump, we were talking before the podcast, mm-hmm. Trump basically committed treason yesterday. And the scary thing is most people on the right didn't say anything about it and it didn't really get that type of coverage. It just got like, oh, Trump's being silly. But like, no, that was treasonous and it's extremely dangerous for somebody who is has a 50-50 chance essentially of becoming the president uh, to be out there saying the things that he said about Russia and WikiLeaks and these, this mm-hmm. United States. We're going to get into Trump in a minute. Let's break down what, you know, what happened over the last few days. Over the last several days, it has become crystal clear through official DNC emails leaked by WikiLeaks that the system worked perfectly, Joey. <laughs> DNC chairwoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz has resigned after revelations from the 20,000 emails leaked to WikiLeaks spread, specifically troubling but not shocking the DNC privately planned to undermine the presidential campaign of one Bernie Sanders. Oh, saying it isn't so. Well, listen, a lot of people acted shocked by this over the last couple of days. And in, and while it might be shocking to actually get confirmation, we talked about it a number of yes, times. We have. Debbie Wasserman Schultz was firmly in Hillary's camp, period. And we outlined a lot of ways in which the DNC was not being fair to Bernie. And it was not really a fair competition. Now, does that mean that Bernie would have won the election if all this stuff wasn't happening? Probably not. Probably not. I agree. So it's not like he got screwed out of the election. But you never know if he could have gained momentum earlier. Maybe he could have mm-hmm. you know, got, gotten that ball rolling and then and gotten more votes. Okay. Here's some of the shit that came out. Now, 
I don't want to act like it doesn't annoy me that this is stuff that's happening, but I'm not surprised by it. So it's hard for me to like muster outrage right now. We've been outraged over the course yes. of this, this whole thing. Um, here are some examples of some of the emails. All right. And you tell me if it's making sense as I'm explaining them. Cause I tried to write them in a way that made sense. So, this guy, Mark Pastenbach, who is a DNC communications official, he sent an email to Luis Miranda, who is a DNC communications director. Okay? okay. So these are the people that are overseeing the debates, how, you know, where they are, when they're scheduled, how many you do. They deal with a lot of different voter information and whatever. So they're just kind of running the campaign for the Democrats. That's, that's what they do. Leading up to the Democratic convention, which okay. we're seeing this week. Okay. Mark Passenbach says, wondering if there's a good Bernie narrative for a story, which is that Bernie never, ever had his act together, that his campaign was a mess, which it's, frustr- it's fucking frustrating to hear that. It's frustrating mm-hmm. to hear one side of, because they're on both, they're, they're on the same team technically, but Bernie's an independent. So let's not pretend, it's not that, Demo- Hillary's a Democrat. Bernie's mm-hmm. an actual an independent. Cox is with the Democrats. So already right from the start, you had this, outsider type exactly this outsider situation all right so he goes wondering if there's a good narrative for a story which is that bernie never ever had his act together that his campaign was a mess and then louise miranda writes back he goes true but the chair has been advised to not engage so we'll have to leave it alone referring to debbie wasserman schultz she was told you can't you can't do that that's obviously too trans Mm -hmm. you know transparently in hillary's corner you can't do that so but that's the type of mindset that's revealed in these emails. And there's 20,000 emails. So people are still pouring through them. You got to assume there's more out there. Oh, absolutely. Um, and we're going to get to that in a minute about who maybe leaked these emails. Louise Miranda, who we just talked about, sent an email to Debbie Wasserman Schultz on Bernie's potential ousting of her uh, upon becoming president. Bernie never liked her, and he said he would replace her if he became president. Louise Miranda says, do you still think it's worth highlighting for CNN that her term ends the day after the inauguration when a new DNC chair is elected anyway? And Wasserman Schultz says in response, this is a silly story. He isn't going to be president. Oh, (laughs) Debbie. You dismissive B word. Oh, Debbie. Uh, She was right. You know, that's what's irritating. And I think that's what is what really should be taken out of this whole thing. That she's a Debbie Downer. She is a Debbie Downer. Certainly. I've never been a fan of hers, which I think I've said a number of times on the show, but she's right. Like when she says that, like he's never going to be president. She, she, it's true. She knows that it's not like they were going to keep him from becoming president, that he was definitely going to do it. And they stopped him, but that's the problem. My point being, you know, I was joking that the system worked, but it did work that that's what the system is in place for. It's to keep outsider people and to keep the establishment in power. That's the whole point. So the system did work correctly and she's right. Yeah. He's not going to be president. And there you go. Now, this is the final one, and this is the one that like a lot of people got up in an uproar about. Yeah, more uh, in an uproar about. Brad Marshall, who's a DNC chief financial officer, he sent this to Mark Pastenbach, who we've talked about, mm-hmm. and Amy Dacey, who is a, uh, the chief executive of the DNC. He goes, it might make no difference, but for Kentucky and West Virginia, can we get someone to ask his belief? Does he believe in God? Had he skated on saying uh, he had skated on saying he has a Jewish heritage? I think I read he's an atheist. This can make several points different with my peeps. It's this Jesus thing. And then Amy responds, amen. Hmm. <laughs> so, again, is it illegal what they did? No. No. Is it unfair? Yes, it's definitely unfair. Is it biased? It's biased. And it's certainly distasteful to be like, yeah, we got we to gotta hammer this guy. He's either a Jew or he doesn't believe in God at all. That's going to fucking hurt him in Kentucky. Like mm-hmm. That's their type of mindset as opposed to just trying to keep the playing field 
field even and, and see who actually comes out on top, you know? Yeah. So anyways, that's what people were really pissed off about. I, again, I can't get, I, I, for whatever, I'm just not pissed off about it because it's not shocking to me. I like the fact that these emails did come out. Um, again, it helps you as a democracy be well-informed. Do you find it convenient that it came out the night before the convention? Yeah, 100%. I mean, Julian Assange, I think, is even quite, I don't have a quote from him, but I'm pretty sure he said, like, yeah, definitely, I, I don't like Hillary Clinton, and I wanted this to to have maximum political impact, so that's why hmm. I did it. There's, they're, they're not hiding that fact, which, fine, I mean, you're meddling in the election, certainly, and it would be very dangerous if it affected Hillary to the point that Trump became president. Um, but look, I mean, I think this has public interest, excuse me, written all over it. And we should know that type of stuff. It's not per, it's not like personally what Amy Dacey likes to like eat for lunch type of information. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know what was going on behind the scenes of, of something critically important to the election. So I think it's worthwhile that it's out there. Bernie Sanders, I have his quote, he says, Debbie Wasserman Schultz Debbie Wasserman Schultz has made the right decision for the future of the Democratic Party. Party leadership must always remain impartial in the presidential nominating process, something which did not occur in the 2016 race. All right. So that's what Bernie Mm. had to say. Fair enough. And he handled this, you know, this happened earlier in the week. Bernie handled this flawlessly. I mean, Bernie's represented himself very well at the convention, you know, had that statement, did not have sour grapes or whatever. No, not at all. Endorsed Hillary, didn't, had a nice speech. Um, and, you know, cast his votes for her and said the process should end now. She's our nominee. Mm-hmm. So Bernie's done everything like I said he would. Of course, he's not a nut. Um, and he did the right thing. So that's how that was handled. A lot of people on the first day of the convention were like, oh, Democrats are in chaos. Like, they're not. They're not going to be in chaos only until Bernie gets on stage. And then that's going to be the end of it. From what I see, there's still a lot of uh, Bernie bros out there. Though. It's fine. I mean, they can do what they want. I, I find it, honestly, though, I find it annoying that they show up at the conve- like in the convention and they're just like t- trying to shout over people. It's like mm-hmm. you're not accomplishing anything by doing that. The the message is out there. We've got the fine if you want to go and do that. Okay, I guess. But I find it annoying. Um, support whoever you want. Again, you vote for who you actually want to be president. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to vote for Hillary. Can't vote for Bernie though, so I got to vote for Jill Stein. That's what you got to do. Um, we'll see what happens. The it, so now, Jesus! I lost my train of thought. That rarely happens, Joey. Ninety episodes. It rarely, rarely happens. Meanwhile, the question is, who leaked the emails? Well, mm-hmm. the FBI suspects the Russian government deliberately breached the DNC network and stole the emails, intending to influence the 2016 election in Donald Trump's favor. Can I say something? Please do. That sounds cray cray. <laughs> well, I wish I didn't say it that way, but yeah. It is crazy. Well, what sounds crazy about it? That Russia would do that? Yes. Why? That Russia would get that involved in in a political election? This is a goal. Well, it's not the first time they've done it. I got a quote here. David Shedd, who's a former Defense Intelligence Agency director, he goes, the release of the emails just as the Democratic National Convention is getting underway this week has the hallmarks of a Russian active measures campaign. Uh, This is not the first time that you know, something like this has happened, huh. essentially. Um, Edward Snowden said, well, wait, well, well, it's a golden opportunity for Russia. It's not shocking that they get involved. Trump, and we're going to get into Trump in a minute, because that's like, the, in my opinion, the even bigger story of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Trump won't release his taxes. Now, look, this is Democratic talking points. All right, I'm putting it out there because I've heard people talking about the last couple mm-hmm. of days. Trump hasn't released his taxes. A lot of Democrats are suspecting maybe he's got business dealings in Russia that 
you know, he doesn't want out there. Same as possible. Paul Manafort, who's his campaign manager, definitely has ties to one of Vladimir Putin's like close allies. Ooh. Uh, they've done business together. So that, that, that's out there. That's an actual thing. So, so it's kind of like he's got his cell phone number on. Uh, yes, he yes. probably does. Okay. The speculation is that why would Russia want to get involved here? Well, it seems like Trump is often quick to praise Putin. He, his campaign manager and his close friend Manafort have relations with Putin's close people. The, w- why wouldn't Russia want Trump to get in there? A, they know he's not qualified. They have to know that on some mm-hmm. level. So they could probably f- fuck around with the United States if Trump became president. And B, maybe they're going to do business dealings with him in the future. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, there's a lot of motive. And, and, and also, why wouldn't Russia want to fuck? They're, they're sort of an, a- an ally of ours sometimes, but for the most part, they're an adversary. And, and why wouldn't they want to get involved? Uh, the Cold War's over. Well... Is it? I mean, with this type of shit, we're spying on them. They're spying on us. Mm-hmm. We got all this shit going. You know, is it really over? No. And you got to worry that with Trump, it, things could escalate to a hot war very quickly. Representative Adam Schiff, who's a Democrat from California, he says, if the hack is linked to Russian actors, it would not be the first time cyber intrusions linked to the Kremlin and its supporters have sought to influence the political process in other countries. Given Donald Trump's well-known admiration for Putin and his belittling of NATO, the Russians have both the means and the motive to engage in the hack of the DNC and the dump of its emails prior to the convention. That foreign actors may be trying to influence our election, let alone a powerful adversary like Russia, should concern all Americans of any party. Now, Edward Snowden says the NSA has the tools to trace the source of the leak, but aversion to sharing that information uh, on the part of the NSA is to protect, quote, sources and methods. Essentially, Snowden's saying, yeah, the NSA, through all the domestic spying and mm-hmm. foreign spying programs, they'd be able to determine whether this was Russia. They would be loath to let us know, though, because then they'd have to explain how they got that information, and they don't and we want can't to have that. Right. Yeah. So it's like, what a mess. <laughs> the whole, uh, de- you know, spying program in the NSA, it's like, what a mess it is. I blame DNC for not having better security. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I can't really speak to that. I'm not a defense uh, contractor or something. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, the thing is, if Russia wants to do it, they're going to put a bunch of hackers on it and they're going to find a way to get the information, you know? Um, so, okay. So that's basically the story. Finally, Donald Trump, the dangerous clown on Wednesday committed an act of quasi treason when he weighed in on the whole situation. I have a clip of Donald Trump weighing in on the situation. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Here's Donald Trump, uh, I guess on Wednesday talking about this and really we'll break down what he said and why it's dangerous after we hear what he says. Networks bring you long form public affairs programming from the nation's capital and or a public service of your television provider. C-SPAN created by cable. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. He doesn't respect our president. And if it is Russia, which is probably not, nobody knows who it is. Why why, why would he suggest that? Most people are saying it's Russia. Now, we haven't proven it, but that's the guess. It has the hallmarks of it. it. It seems that way. Trump says what Trump wants. I know, but it's frustrating on a number of levels because the guy talks out of both sides of his face. And it is probably Russia. So, okay. But if it is Russia, it's really bad for a different reason. Because it shows how little respect they have for our country when they would hack into a major party and get everything. 
But it would be interesting to see. I, I will tell you this. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. I think you will probably be rewarded mightily by our press. Let's see if that happens. That'll be next. Read to me, Joey. We found the definition of treason. What is the definition of treason? Oh, I closed it, bro. Oh, come on, Joey. Jesus. It was uh, committing a crime against one's nation. Right. Exactly. And then it has like other things like murder, overthrowing the government. But that what he did there was he asked Russia, another mm-hmm. country, to hack into the State Department of the United States to find information about one of our leaders, probably the next president. That's basically treason. Now, I'm not saying, oh, Trump should go to jail, but uh, come on. Could you imagine if Hillary had said something like that? Like, hack into Donald's email. like And get his tax their, return. Yeah, people would lose their mind. Uh, it's treason. And the scary thing about it is very silent on the right. I mean, not a lot of people came out and were like, this is dangerous rhetoric. This is no good. Leon Panetta gave a speech at the DNC last night and was like, this is... In, like this is the most dangerous person. We can't let him become president. Yes, I would chalk this up to Trump sarcasm, and I mean, just fuck leave it. it alone. Well, yeah, but that's great. It's it should be more troubling to more people, and the fact that it isn't scares me. That's the problem. That's an insane thing to say. To go, I hope Russia hacks into our our country and gets our emails. Like, mm-hmm. I know what he's doing, right? But it's it's so poorly worded that it actually becomes threatening to us. Yes. That, that's legitimate. And not thought out at all. No, there's no thought at all. That is the that is the major concern. And that's what a lot of these speeches last night that we're going to get into tried to lay out about Trump in general. Because sometimes we don't mind someone shooting from the hip, but when you do it the Donald style, it's not good. Yeah, You know who shoots from the hip? Joe Biden. We're going to play clips of Joe Biden later. He's a shoot from the hip type of guy. But he's not going to be so absurd as to, to say, oh, we, we should have... Uh, China should should uh, come in and hack our nuclear codes. Like, what, what are you out of your mind? It's it's a crazy thing to say to invite yes. another country to do that. Like, he should be outraged against Russia. Isn't he the big bad tough guy that's going to mm-hmm. be you know put everybody in their place and blah blah blah? Oh, Russia, we're okay with Putin is his friend. Yeah, he well, no, he, Putin. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Putin. We've never talked. I just know he's going to love my hair. He's going to love my gold castles. Shut up, idiot. All right, that's what I got. You got any wrap up thoughts on that, Joey? No, I don't. All right. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's get into. Uh, we got Freddie Gray here. Mm-hmm. This is sort of the wrap up to this saga that we've been following. This Freddie Gray thing for quite a while, longer than a year. Um, and then we got an, we got a sponsor that we got we got to thank. So let's talk about Freddie Gray real quick. We'll get to those two non lethal police brutality cases I'm talking about. One of them is just horrible to watch. It's almost, you know, it's not worse because somebody didn't lose their life, but it's like it's horrific yeah. to watch. Uh, and then the second one is just, if it wasn't sad, it would be hilarious. All right. And then we'll get to the 2016, mm-hmm. the convention stuff. All right. On Wednesday, Baltimore prosecutors dropped all remaining charges against police officers, police officers involved in the death of Freddie Gray. The trial of Garrett Miller, who physically arrested Gray was set to begin Wednesday while a trial against Sergeant Alicia white and a retrial of William Porter were slated to start later this year. Instead, nothing and there will be no justice for Freddie Gray. Yes. Well, we kind of called this earlier when we said if they couldn't get the driver, anything, couldn't get the driver who was the 
what how we felt was the person to blame the most in this case. Right. You weren't going to get anybody else, and that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, this is something we talked about also right when this first started. We had read some quotes. I mean, I don't remember what episode it was specifically, but we had read some quotes from different prosecutors and different people that said it was common to overcharge, which is what uh, Mosby, uh, Madeline, Marilyn Mosby, yeah, um, the the Baltimore Marilyn. County, Marilyn Mosby, yeah, the Carol, the um, the prosecutor for Baltimore County, she overcharged, but we read that that was pretty typical, um, and that you know maybe you can get them on something lesser or, or whatever. It was just to, to bring charges. Um, and now nothing. Now they've dro- they've dropped all the charges, and it's sad. I mean, it's sad for the family. Obviously, they got millions of dollars, which once again doesn't bring it back, but is nice at least to have mm-hmm. that. Uh, but really, just for the climate that we're in and the way that things are going, it's not the right message to send. Yes. Um, if it's all right, I have a quote from Marilyn. Because the gag order was finally lifted because of uh, all the trials being dropped. She now is allowed to speak about it, and I would like to share with everybody the quote that she has. The floor is yours, Joey. However fitting it is for observers to use the untimely death of Freddie Carlos Gray Jr. as a barometer of our nation's progress on police brutality, my professional role in this matter is plain to seek justice on the behalf of an innocent 25-year-old man who was unreasonably taken into custody after fleeing in his neighborhood, which just happens to be a high-crime neighborhood, and had his spine partially severed in the back of a Baltimore police wagon. Yeah. And that will not be done. No, that will not be done. Oh, that was from earlier, uh, her earlier statement. That wasn't yesterday. Uh, I believe, I thought that was from yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's not going to be done. And in that, I think, is the important point. He got stopped for nothing. Yes. That's really the bigger picture thing. Forget the fact that they murdered him. I mean, I, I know nobody was convicted, but I'm very comfortable saying that they murdered the kid. And he shouldn't even have been in that... Excuse me, Polish Celsa Cranberry Lime. Uh, he shouldn't have been in that situation to begin with is really the bigger picture, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so yeah, I mean, rest in peace to Freddie Gray and we'll see what happens, man, going forward. A lot of this stuff, but it, it doesn't seem like things are changing for the better. I think we're just getting a more culturally. I think we're getting more of an understanding that this stuff does happen and people are paying more attention to it, which is why I have the next two things that we're going to talk about before we get to that. Joey, why don't you tell the people who were sponsored by this week? A great business needs a stunning website, and with Wix.com, you can do it all by yourself. Wix.com makes it easy to look amazing online, no matter what type of business you're in. Show off your images in a beautiful gallery, grow your contact list, and get all your social media in one place, just the way you want. Your customers are going to love it. So what are you waiting for? Show the world what you can do. Go to Wix.com and create your stunning website today. It's easy and free. Very nice. Thanks to Wix.com for sponsoring the program. We really appreciate it. Yes, we do. They're Thank good, you. It's a good service. Yes. You know, it's like you feel like making a website, you need something, maybe you're starting a business. Go check it out. It helps us out, and we appreciate them supporting the program. All right, Joey, let's get into this. Like I was saying, this is the police brutality. Uh, two incidents that I wanted to bring up that don't get coverage. And this is what's really troubling. It's like how mm-hmm. many of these happen that don't get captured, but because nobody gets killed, you're never going to hear about it. A shit ton. A lot, right? And that's what you got to assume. This is against uh, two black people, obviously, involving the police. Non-lethal, but 
troubling. Mm -hmm. The first incident occurred on June 2015, but video was just released. It involves elementary school teacher uh, Brianne, I believe is how it's pronounced, King, and officers Brian Richter and Patrick Spraldon. King is pulled over for speeding. She was charged with resisting arrest, which was later dropped. The $165 fine stuck, and both officers avoided punishment. Uh, one of them went to like some kind of di you know discipline tr mm -hmm. training or whatever it was, um, and the other one just didn't have any charges brought against them at all. Um, all right, so I have a video here now, which we'll have to explain kind of what's happening as we go, but we'll break this down as we've typically done on the program. You've not, you haven't seen this video. I have not. This one really, it's just sickening. Like if you were related to this woman, or even if you're you're not related and you're standing there and you watch it happen, how would you not be outraged? Like I I I would have to get involved based on what I see in this video. Okay. And if this was my daughter, forget it. I'd be in jail too. Here's uh all right. So this is Brienne King again about a year ago, but I think it's worth noting that this shit has been going on, and we'll uh, we'll break it down. You ready, Joe? Yep. All right, here we go. Now this is dash cam. Uh, Man, take a seat back in the car, please. Huh. Take a seat back in your vehicle. Okay, man, we're being pulled over right now, so I need to take a seat back in the car. All right, so now we're see what we're seeing is from the from the windshield of the police car. Mm -hmm. There's a uh, you know a camera. Cop is out. He's being calm. This woman has been pulled over, and they're in sort of like a parking lot, I guess, off of the road that she got pulled over from. Uh, and she's standing outside the car, being like, "What?" <laughs> and here we go. Are you yes, ma'am. I'm not joking. your driver's license you're being stopped for speeding something to notice too with all this stuff and i think we've talked about it a number of times it's the escalation mm -hmm. it's the it seems like to me the cops take it's everything's fine and then yes. the cops take it very quickly to a level that does not have to go to so pay attention to that what i'm already stopped so technically can you stop me Yes, you didn't pull me over because I'm parked. You were about to go inside without a wallet, so I know you're only coming here because you know I was coming to pull you over. Mm -hmm. I can absolutely stop you if you've already parked yet. Mm -hmm. yes, okay, so that, it's a reasonable answer. She's, yes. She was trying to be a little cute because she was like, I parked so you can't pull me over. And he's like, no, I definitely can. Uh, this was taking place in Austin, Texas, incidentally. Okay. So now nothing wrong. I think the cop's being fine here. Yes. I don't see anything wrong. And I, you know, I don't think she's doing anything wrong either. Take your feet back in the car so I can close the door. Put your feet back in the car so I can close the door. Okay, ma'am. Stand up for me, okay? Okay. He goes, put your feet back in the car so I can close the door. And she says, no. He goes, put your feet back in the car. And she she goes, can you please hurry up? And he goes, okay, ma'am. Now, now. He I asked her twice nicely. Th that's true. He did. She could have done it. But watch what he's about to do to her. Okay. The burden, in my opinion, is on the cop to not overreact. Period. They are supposed to be held to a higher standard. They're not. They, don't take it personally. It's not you, Greg, in the the police outfit. It's look. You're just a cop at that point. Okay. Forget the personal shit. It's not you. You're being a police officer, and that's what somebody's seeing you. They're not seeing you as a person. They're seeing you as authority. Mm -hmm. They're seeing you as whatever, and possibly a danger. And if you watch shit like this, maybe rightfully so in some cases. So now he goes, okay, ma'am, get out of the car. Now watch this, Joe. You tell me if this is right or wrong. Oh, damn it. We didn't have it hooked up to the TV. All right, you can see it, right? Yeah. Okay. No. no, why are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Now he's in the car. I mean, he's leaning in the car, car. yanking her out. Yes. Why? Totally unnecessary. He needs to get her out of the car. Why? What he should have said was, ma'am, 
please put your put your feet back in the car or I'm going to have to arrest you. Please get back in the car. Get say that. Say that first. Before he's like, all right, get out. Like, what? Why did that escalate from let me close the door? Just be like, okay, sit tight. I don't have to close the door. Please that's, just sit tight. Okay. Let's see that's going on. Yeah, and look, yes, the cop does not technically have to do that, right? Mm-hmm. But wouldn't that be the easier way than yes. to do what he's about to do? You watch, Joe. You tell me. Stop resisting. Oh my God. Stop resisting. Um, Stop resisting. Stop resisting. Stop resisting right now. Get out of the car. I'm getting out. Let me get out. Do not Do touch me. Do not touch me. Oh, now I just call for backup because this 80 pound woman is going to be a real problem. She's an elementary school teacher, incidentally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now he's pulled her out of the car, Joey. Would you say yes. he pulled her out roughly? Yes. Oh, oh my God. He whipped her around straight like, to the ground. Straight to the ground. Like almost banged doll. her head into the car next to it. Like violent. Violent aggressive. Johnny, I'm sorry you can't see this. I forgot to hook up the uh, the laptop to the TV in here, but my, my fault. I'm getting the gist of it. Okay. Now he's on top of her. Now he's trying to like cuff her or yeah, whatever. She's not going anywhere. Wait. Yeah, I mean well, how much bigger is this cop than this woman? A good five, six times. Well, I don't think he's six times bigger than her. That would make him a giant. But he's got probably 30 pounds on her. Something like that. Easy. Well, probably more. She's he's, a school teacher. She's a little woman. Yeah. Put your hands behind your back. Why are you doing this to me? Put your hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Put your hands behind your back. Now he's just like forcing her arms behind him. Like, okay, again, yes, she could have said, okay. You're right. She could have said, okay. She didn't. So now is the result, is the response really to be, let's fucking chuck this woman onto the ground, bend her arms behind her back, handcuff her in the middle of a parking lot here? No, that's not the right way to handle it. I really don't think. And the resisting arrest charge dropped. Obviously. I'm about to tase you. I'm about to tase you, he says, for speeding. It's for speeding. That's what's so fucking frustrating about this shit. It's for speeding. And maybe being a little bit of a smartass, Oh, well, best case scenario of your day, officer, is that you pulled over uh, an 80-pound school teacher, not somebody that's an actual danger to you. You're in no danger, sir. Or danger to anybody, for that matter. Now she's up. Now he's got her up, like, with her He's going to slam her back down, And he kicks her leg out and watch what he's about to do. Oh. Grabs her by the neck, throws her back down. Now he's trying to bend her arms behind her back again. We're watching this for about four minutes because there's a conversation that takes place with the cops afterward that I want you to hear, and then we'll skip a little bit ahead. But okay. Is this outrageous to yes, anybody it's else? Okay. Will you let me get down, please? Get down. Oh, oh my God. I'm coming to the That's what I was doing. Are you serious? God. He just keeps forcing her to the ground. He's pushing her face to the ground. He's pulling her arms behind her back. Rough. Like, yeah. there's no reason to cuff this woman. None. She wouldn't put her feet back in the car. Be stern with your work. Go, when she doesn't want to get her feet back in, go, ma'am, I'm not going to tell you again. Put your feet in the car. This doesn't have to go this way. I'm going to get you a ticket, and we're going to go on with our day. That's it. Yeah. Please stop. That's all. You can be fucking reasonable this is way unreasonable we're moving your hands i'm sorry this is a power move this is what he's doing this is why he does this 
He's on top of like a little woman now, and she's black, so I don't know how that factors into the equation. But we're gonna hear some conversation a little later. Uh, this is this is a power trip. That's what it is. He aggressively took down somebody that definitely couldn't defend themselves against him. Period. It's ugly. It's ugly to watch. Now he yanks her up. Yanks. He's fucking yanking her around with her arms handcuffed behind her back high like high above yeah. her shoulders so you know that hurts now another cop's on the scene here okay why my hands so high yeah they're hurting yeah. for sure and they're doing it intentionally because they're fucks right. so now it's all off screen here yeah. You hear her. Now you're going to hear the two cops and then another cop. They're going to have a little conversation. I want you to hear some mm-hmm. of that conversation. Yeah, okay, let's get back up here. We got we got a, a class A speeder. You have to fight in here. She didn't agree that I could pull her over, but she's already parked. So she came out of the car. Well, I told her to sit back down, and I kept telling her to get back in to close your doors. No. He told her twice. Mm-hmm. He didn't keep telling her. She said no, and then she said, can we hurry this up? And then he got pissed, obviously. It's all right. I'm just going to handcuff in the car. I'm not going to do it. And then she just starts fighting. <laughs> she starts fighting it. No, dipshit. You reached into the car and yanked her out of it. Then she tried to fight that off a little bit because it's scary. You hurt, injured? No, I'm good. Are you hurt or injured? A swift wind could have knocked that woman over. Yeah. You want something? Yeah. Let's just listen, because I don't remember exactly when some of this stuff happens, but okay. I just want to hear some of this conversation. Yeah, I'm fine. Now another, like, I guess, guard or cop. I'm not exactly sure where this, what kind of parking lot this Mm -hmm. takes place in. But there's another guy walking over with, like, a badge visible, and they're talking to him for a second. Uh, he's saying that the woman walking the dog over there is recording everything. He goes, I don't care. I'm cool. Yeah, yeah of course you don't care because you're not going to get in trouble. You know you won't. Did you see what happened? I just seen her resisting the whole time when I came. <laughs> I yeah, just seen her. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. just saw her resisting the whole time. No, you saw her resisting after he yanked her out of the car like an animal. Like he's an animal, I'm saying. Yeah, if you're a witness, if you don't mind hanging around, are you going in the windy? Uh, yeah, I'm going to the meeting. I have a, a gang meeting at 1 o'clock, so I okay. want to get my information out. Yeah, my supervisor is going to want I didn't want to. Hit, I never hit her. I didn't want to hit her, man. But she was fighting pretty good. I, I mean, come on. Those are hers, yeah. All right, that's pretty much it. Give me your thoughts on that while I skip ahead to the next part, which is only relevant because it's her in the cop car talking to a different cop, uh-huh. and their conversation is pff, t- pff, telling. 
Well, it's just someone in power abusing that. Right, like, I, I just don't understand. Like, I, I mean, I look, I do understand losing your temper. I get it. But you're a cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we keep saying over and over, these are heroes. These are the bravest people we have. Then why, why does the slightest irritation from somebody who's not a threat, for something that's not really even a crime, <laughs> speeding, like, why is that the thing that's going to set you off? It, it doesn't, I just don't accept it. No, it doesn't add Bullshit. Up. This is not how this should be happening. This is uh, Brianne. Uh, it's spelled, Joey, B-R-E-A-I-O-N. So I'm assuming it's Brianne or Brianne or Brianne or something. I'm not sure. But anyway, okay, she's in the back of the cop car now. She's calm. You have a harder time hearing her, but you can hear what the cop's responses, is, responses are. Um, very interesting. So here we go. Mm-hmm. This, this is it with this one. The next one <laughs> maybe worse. He asks her, why are so many people afraid of black people? That seems like a loaded question. <laughs> That's what I want to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, I want to figure out. <laughs> great response. Yeah, good, good answer. Now listen to this guy's Listen to his mentality. I can, give, I can give you a really good, a really good idea why I might be that way. Violent tendencies. Oh. And I want you to, I want you to think about that. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying that I can prove it or nothing. But 99% of the time, when you hear about stuff like that, it is. The black community is being violent. See, and that's the problem. I yeah. can't. I don't have any facts about this. I can't prove it. But 99% of the time when you hear about black people, they're being violent. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's, it's not But a that's good what thing it is. But say. that's what we're saying. It's fear. It's, mm-hmm. They're afraid. Yeah. Because of this boogeyman that doesn't exist. That's why a lot of the white people are afraid, and I don't blame them. That's why a lot of the white people are afraid, and I don't blame them. No, you should blame them. He's, he's in a role of power, and he's using his prejudice as a tool. Well, and that's the thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe this guy doesn't even. He doesn't even realize that that is something where you go, yeah, black people don't have violent tendencies. It's not true. People in shitty situations do, and maybe it tends that a certain percentage of people you're dealing with are black, and so of course there's going to be some kind of violent reaction. But this woman clearly is not going to do that. No. There's some guys I look at. Ah, yeah. I know it's my job to deal with them, and I know it's probably going to go ugly, but. That's the way it goes. Do you ever feel like... Because Mm -hmm. of their appearance and whatnot, some of them are very intimidating. (laughs) Because of their appearance and whatnot, they're very intimidating. She's an 80-pound... No, but he's just saying black people are are intimidating because of the way they look and whatnot. And what I know about black people is that they're violent. Wow. Yeah, it's... uh, Yeah, but so is that something we're supposed to pretend isn't the truth? Like, is that not what the guy literally just said? He's He's a cop. Yes. Who just said it. You think he's the only one in the Austin Police Department that feels that way? No, but these are the people that I wouldn't want in that position, protecting and serving. People that don't deal with the actual circumstance at hand that are going to guess based on what the the outfit that a person's wearing, they're dangerous. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Not the finest. No, that's why I put stuff like that out there. That's a bothersome one. Yeah, it is. The second incident, Joey, involves Charles Kinsey, who's a therapist from Florida. He was trying to calm down a man with autism in the middle of a street. This guy escaped from like a group home. He mm-hmm. was severely autistic. He was 
agitated. So this guy who's a therapist there followed him and then sat in the street with him to try to calm him down. Okay. The cops are called. And I have a video here of this one. This one, again, would be hilarious if it wasn't really sad. You tell me what he does wrong in this video. And I have a, then his quote after we're going to watch it. But this, this is a, a cell phone footage of Charles Kinsey trying to help this autistic man and then okay. the police arrive. Describe the scene right now, Joe, because it doesn't change. All right. I have somebody laying on the ground uh-huh. with his hands up. He's laying flat on his back with his hands, with his hands above his head. Okay. It That's is, Charles Kinsey. Yes. That's the therapist. Yeah. The black dude. Okay. He's on the ground with his hands, hands up. above his head. Yes. Not in a position to do anything. Clearly his hands are visible. He's not even moving. And at the end is another human being sitting there. Yeah, that's the autistic guy. And we're going to see how this plays out. Oh, and there's going to be like, you know, captions. I'll read them. Mm-hmm. You can hear the cops are heard in the background. They go, lay down on your stomach, lay down on your stomach. Now, he doesn't lay down on his stomach, but he's laying on his back and his hands are, he's not presenting a problem at all. Okay. So, yes, off the bat, he doesn't get on his stomach, but knowing what you've seen, that's not going to make a difference. Yeah. You probably don't want to make a move. Okay. Now, he yells back, on my stomach? He asked them. Is that what you're saying? Now, now the autistic kid's yelling at him. He, he's yeah. agitated. See the autistic kid screaming, shut up, and whatever, yeah. he, you know. The therapist is yelling, he has a toy truck. That's what he's saying. It's like, okay. you know, I guess to say, like, it's not a gun. It's a toy truck. It's a toy truck. Like, he's worried about this kid. That's why he's involved. He has a toy truck in his hand. I'm a behavior tech at the group home. That's all it is. That's what he's saying. Uh, Now, the cops are standing there. They got guns drawn, of course. Meanwhile, his hands are still up. Yeah, he has not moved since the very second we started. Now, unfortunately, this video cuts, but I'll tell you what happened. He's like, please don't shoot me. Now it cuts. Now, now there's three cops around both of them. The autistic kid's on the ground, face down, and the other, the therapist, the black dude, is laying there. What happened, Joey? They shot him in his leg. What? What? Why? Why would they shoot him? Uh, it's preposterous. I have nothing. There, nothing was happening in that video. Nothing. Nothing. And they shot him. They shot him. But why they shot the black boy and not the fat boy? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so the guy said the autistic kid's a little <laughs> overweight. And he's like, well, why'd they shoot the black boy, not the fat boy? <laughs> Good question, bro. All right, so that's it. Uneventful, except another black guy got shot while doing nothing. Totally. He's on totally his back, unarmed. his hands up. Yeah. He's a therapist, and he still gets shot. This is his quote. He goes, as long as I've got my hands up, they are not going to shoot me. This is what I'm thinking. They're not going to shoot me. Wow, was I wrong. 
Yeah, he was wrong. You poor bastard. Like, he gets shot for doing the right... He's doing nothing there. Yes. And I don't blame him for not rolling onto his stomach. You don't know if the wrong move is going to set off this kid that he's no, dealing no, with. Yeah. He's saying, look, this is the situation. Nobody could approach that? Well, let's think about this. As we've said time and time again, the main focus of the police officers should be to de-escalate the situation. Well, or, or again, not escalate it. Yes. But when you have a therapist with his hands up on his back... Yeah, well, you don't know he's a therapist, you, but he says, you know, uh, okay, okay, okay. Right. You, you have a gentleman on his back with his hands up. Right, not you, moving. Do you need your gun drawn? No. You don't need it drawn, but okay. Look, I, this is the thing. I'm willing to even go that far. Fine, maybe you don't know what the situation is. Maybe you can't see that it's a toy truck. You don't really know what's up. Fine, pull the gun. Okay, maybe. I'll even give you that. Pull the gun. Okay. But that guy's not moving at all he just told you what he is clearly he's calm he's yes. just saying it's a toy tree he's explaining what's happening no we're just gonna shoot well we were gonna shoot you in the leg and they shot him in the leg there you go all right joey final segment of the program today i'm excited about it we got dnc uh speech clips before we get into that do you have any thoughts because we, we didn't cover trump's speech i didn't bring any clips from it it's fine do you have any thoughts about trump's speech did you see trump's speech i did see trump's speech he is a very angry man, <laughs> and I believe if he continues to tap into this unspoken hatred that everyone seems to be relating to lately, he's going to win. Yeah, well, that's what he's banking on. I disagree. Here's the thing. I don't think it's unspoken hatred. I think it's a made-up narrative. Trump painted a picture of this dystopian country where there's race wars, where there's uh, what's Kurt Metzger and Sherrod Small. Check it out. Great podcast. Uh, there, where there's race wars going on, where there's crime all over the place, mm -hmm. where there's lawlessness, he said. Where is there lawlessness? I, it's, he's painted a picture of a country that doesn't exist, but he's hoping that there are people out there that are not paying attention enough, or they watch enough Fox News, or they watch enough whatever, that they think that that's the reality. But I and he's the you, only one who can Throw your this. window open and stick your head out. Uh, there's not lawlessness out there. It's not the world we live in. Uh, there's not racial hatred. It's not. It's just not the case. We've talked about it. It's a fake portrait of America. But yeah, he's banking on the fact that, hey, look, maybe enough people, if I can get 51% of people, that's all I have to get. Maybe there'll be a terrorist attack. He's talking about being the law and order candidate. He's the one that's going to restore order in America, mm -hmm. even though order has not been lost in America. But okay. He's going to restart. That's the vision that Trump is presenting. And, you know, okay. So that's what he's up to. We don't have to get into his thing too much more than that. 538.com, Nate Silver has Hillary Clinton 52.6% chance of winning the presidency. Trump is at 47.3. Closer than I want it to be, obviously down from some of the other numbers that we've thrown out there, but this only reflects the Republican convention. So let's see what the bounce is after the Democratic convention. You put this back up 65, 70 for Hillary. I mean, that's probably mm -hmm. where it's going to stay, typically, unless something crazy happens, like I'm saying, a terrorist attack, whatever. I think the Democrats put on quite a performance so far at this convention. The speeches last night were great. Michelle Obama's speech, which I do have clips was on the first night. Um, unbelievable. And we'll play some of that and we, we can talk about it. Um, uh, do you have any thoughts, Joey, before we get into some of these clips? Cause we're just going to wrap up with the clips then let's wrap up with the clips. All right. So this is uh first lady, Michelle Obama, uh, speaking at the convention on night. Number one, Looked beautiful. I've mentioned that before. I mean, really great looking Michelle Obama. And we'll just listen to about two minutes of the speech. It was like a 15 minute speech. If you haven't heard it, 
go listen to it. But this is what we got from uh, the first lady on night number one of the convention. Who show, who show our kids what decency and devotion look like. Leaders like Hillary Clinton, who has the guts and the grace to keep coming back and putting those cracks in that highest and hardest glass ceiling until she finally breaks through, lifting all of us along with her. That is the story of this country, the story that has brought me to this stage tonight, the story of generations of people who felt the lash of bondage, the shame of servitude, the sting of segregation, but who kept on striving and hoping and doing what needed to be done so that today I wake up every morning in a house that was built by slaves. And I watch my daughters, two beautiful, intelligent black young women, playing with their dogs on the White House lawn. You are a racist idiot, or both, if you hear her say that, (laughs) and on some level, you don't feel proud to be in this country, period. Mm -hmm. Because that's what America really is. The fact that a... an African-American woman can be the first lady, her daughters who are intelligent. One of them's gone to Harvard. I believe it's like the, her husband's the president, the first black president in a house in a country that was built on slave labor. She now wakes up in that house every day. Mm -hmm. That's America. That's what makes this country great. And if you don't get at all proud about that, you're just a dummy, frankly, you know, I don't know how else to put it, but it's like, Really? There's no, that's what the American story is supposed to be about. Yeah. And I, I want to say this. It's like the, the Democrats, the vision that they laid out was hope, certainly, which Obama resurrects brilliantly mm-hmm. in his speech at the end. But they resurrected a vision of like, no, this country's great. The Republicans have taken the position of this country sucks. We need to fix it. The Democrats in a sort of a role reversal have taken the position of like, no, this is the greatest country in the world. What are you being insane? This is the best country. We can make it better, but it's the Much best. Much better message. Absolutely. It's, it's light versus dark. That's what we're fighting with here. And, be- and because of Hillary Clinton. That's the only my- downside, frankly. Mm-hmm. Hillary. Hillary's the X factor here. Yeah. They're doing what they can to make Hillary you know, more, a more personable person, which I think they've done a pretty good job so far. They've done a fantastic job. She's got to bring it tonight with the speech. Obviously when you guys are hearing this episode, the the speech will have already happened and you know, but she's got to really come with it tonight. I think she will. I mean, she has to, if she's going to be the president, she Mm -hmm. has to come with it tonight. Um, but yeah, they're presenting a much different version of what this country actually is and what it represents. I think they've done a really nice job so far. Period. My daughters, and all our sons and daughters now take for granted that a woman can be president of the United States. See a little bit of emotion in her. I'm not saying she's faking that, but that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, you can hear the emotion in her voice. This is a brilliant speech she gave. I mean, really impressive. So, 
don't let anyone ever tell you that this country isn't great. That somehow we need to make it great again. Because this right now is the greatest country on earth. That's coming from the Democrat. That's mm-hmm. not coming from a Republican. Trump's whole thing. And it's kind of a brilliant, it's a brilliant strategy, of, uh, you know, that the Democrats came up with here. I mean, that's a snippet of Michelle Obama's yes. speech. She's, she's great. And I, and I don't know how, I mean, I do understand how, but I, I even give Trump credit. I mean, Trump delivered his speech well. It's not like, I, I've said a number of times, the guy's entertaining, mm-hmm. you know, he's not being completely dangerous. Um, and he gave a good speech. He delivered the message the right way. It's a touch long, but he, you know, he did what he had to do. I just disagree with his vision completely. You got to be just, uh, I don't know. I guess you don't have to be proud of the whole thing. But to me, you watch this and it, re- it reinvigorates my, you know, love for the country. It doesn't mean that all the ideas that I have about it and things that I think are wrong go away. But, but I like the pageantry of this. I yes. do. I, I do. But I got to admit it. Here's the issue at hand. It is not doing its job. What is it? The job is for, you, uh, for them to convince you to vote for Hillary. That's the entire point of Michelle Obama up there. Yeah. Giving a wonderful well, speech. it's not going to work on Then me. Obama gives a wonderful speech. Yeah. Hillary's fighting for every vote. Don't you know? Every vote. Not really, though. And she still doesn't have your vote. Yeah, but if I lived in Ohio, maybe I'd consider it. But I live in New Jersey. It's like, it's not going to go. Look, if I'm looking at polls, if I see polls election day mm-hmm. and Trump is close, like a point away or a point up in New Jersey, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go vote for Hillary. Mark that right there, Johnny. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I had a similar point. I was watching. I'm like, these are all amazing speeches and there are still so many Bernie supporters. And I like Bernie who... There is no, I mean, you can't get a better speech than what Michelle Obama gave. Right. And until Barack went, but right. Until but I, get your I point. didn't see Barack's speech. Oh, you'll hear some of it at the end of this. Um, but I was, there was n- the greatest speech on earth will not change the minds of too many people who really, right, who have the right to be angry that Bernie got, you know, screwed over. But at a certain point, I think you just. You gotta, you gotta make sure that the people who say that Hillary is more dangerous than Trump, which I've been hearing from a lot of Bernie supporters, well, that, that's are, absurd. I mean, that's like saying Obama as a third term is more dangerous than Trump. Yeah, no, no, that so I mean, that's, but that's the thing, and and here and here, it's a point you bring up that I think is worth talking about. The, the whole like these Bernie guys that will never stop. I loved Bernie. I mm-hmm. still love Bernie. I, I I teared up watching him tear up. When his brother cast the, ba- the vote for him. That was an exciting moment. When Obama is going to shout him out in the speech, it's a nice moment. I love the guy. I wish that he was the nominee. I'd feel way better about it. Okay? But to, to, to cast these people that are saying Trump, uh, Hillary's more dangerous than Trump and they'll never support anybody but Bernie, they're delusional. Yes. They are, frankly, being delusional. And I don't know what that's about. Maybe it is f- sexist or whatever. I don't know. I think it's anger. I think they're rightfully angry that, you know, especially after those emails that Bernie, you know, it was pitted against him. And you want to go, okay, Hillary won in a fight that was pitted. That was, you know, it was sworn in her favor. And you kind of just as a human, you want to like your emotional side wants to go like, oh, I want to screw. I want to make sure I want to get back at her. But yeah. In reality, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. Yes. That's, well, that's really what it is, right? You're not getting back at Hillary. First of all, Hillary didn't have anything to do with that. She doesn't run the DNC. Now you can make the argument. Yeah, of course, she's friends with Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Mm-hmm. They probably talk, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I mean, she's not 
part of what happened at the DNC. It looks bad for her because obviously it worked in her favor. Um, but right, you're shooting yourself in the foot. It's crazy. And that's why Bernie threw his hat in the ring behind Hillary because you can't. You actually can't. It's not one of those. It's a false choice most of the time where you go, Mitt Romney would be super. Da-. No, he wouldn't. Mitt Romney would not be super dangerous. It'd be bad for certain groups. It'd be worse for others than, you know, I'm fine for the most part. I'm a white middle-class male. Okay. Things are going to be pretty good for me generally. And I understand that. And I'm not brand, you know, that's mm. just like what it is. It's going to be worse for certain for different gay groups. If Romney had gotten in, it's going to be bad probably for Hispanics. If Trump gets in or Muslims or whatever, but it's, 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 it's not the same type of danger as if you let Mitt Romney become president. No, it'll be fine. You probably. could trust Romney with the nuclear code. Yes, I don't think... Trump, on the other hand. I don't know what the hell's going to happen. The guy is not qualified to be president. That's the case they're laying out. So I just completely disagree with, with, the, with the people that are like, Hillary's more... No, Hillary's not more yeah. dangerous. Unless you believe that Obama as a third term is more dangerous than Trump as president, then that's... Then okay, believe that Hillary is more dangerous than Trump, but... Right, because it's going to be very, very similar, right? It won't be similar in tone, but as far as legislation is concerned, she'll be a little more hawkish than Obama, probably. She'll be more willing to use the military but it's going to be a pretty similar ride and that's what obama said at the end he's like let's keep let's keep the ride going Mm -hmm. he said at the end of his speech and you'll hear later so i I agree uh okay so now what else did i have to say about michelle obama well i think we covered it right now all right she did a great job now to last night which was a big night well let me say this the cavalcade of people that came out on stage last night you had leon panetta who been in administrations for 20 years. You had Mike Bloomberg. We're going to have quotes from him. The amount of people that came out and were like, this guy's a, a dangerous guy mm-hmm. was, was outstanding. And forget Hillary. That, that's sort of the point they're making. I mean, in a certain way, they're saying, look, Hillary is a change maker. She can do this. And Oh, yeah. And Bill's speech was great the other night. I don't have clips from Bill. It was too long. Um, but it's not really about Hillary. <laughs> And that's the argument that I think people have made for Trump, too, where it's like, well, I'm going to vote for Trump because I can't get Hillary in there. Yeah, but the reality is Hillary's not going to kill us all. Mm-hmm. It, Trump might be the last president we ever have if he gets elected. That's, that's really the, the – I feel that. I believe that. Uh, this is Joe Biden last night. Uh, I like Joe Biden. I think Joe Biden gets a lot of shit from people that he's sort of like an idiot. But believe me, Joe Biden's not an idiot. And the guy shoots from the hip. Yes. Were we saying that on the show, Joey? Yes. Yeah. He shoots from the hip, but he's not a loose cannon. There's a big difference. Uh, all right. Here's like a minute or so of uh, – I have two clips of Joe Biden. So here we go. Here's Joe Biden at the podium last night. Always been there for you, and that's Hillary Clinton's life story. It's not just who she is. It's her life story. She's always there. Biden's got a little problem, I think, with his dentures or whatever he's got rocking. He's, like, talking behind his teeth a little bit, but it is what it is. He delivered a nice speech. He's the vice president of the United States. He's a good guy. I like Biden. Hit play. She's always been there. And so has Tim Kaine. Oh, yeah, Kaine. I didn't bring him up. He, you know, look, he's like a goofball. A lot of people are saying on Twitter that he's like, he's like a dad. He's like, yeah. he's like the classic dad guy, but fun, but okay. But that doesn't make him a bad guy. And I think he's not an idiot. I think if, if Hillary died tomorrow, he could take over. You know what I mean? Do you feel you'd do a better Trump impression than he does? Oh, absolutely. The greatest, I do the greatest Trump impression of all time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. No, no questions. Believe asked. It's the me. Greatest. What? Believe me. Well, 
place. You're, you're alluding to what, what Kane was talking yes. about. Yeah, he went on like a whole, uh, you know, kind of like funny rant about how Trump is not to be believed, essentially. If you want to listen to it, it's funny. I think he did a nice job. I don't think a lot of people knew much about Tim Kane, um, you know, when, when he got picked. Mm-hmm. But you watch him talk and the Spanish, I think we made fun of him a little bit. for yes. doing Spanish, But I didn't realize he lived in Honduras as like a Christian missionary. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So that's where he learned Spanish. That creeps me out more. The fact that he's, he's got a little bit of that, like religious camp vibe to him. Ooh, which, Bible, that that like him. He, well, that's why, they, that's why you pick him. Of course, Virginia, you get some of the religious people. Of course, it's not a, di- that's why she does it. Right. You got to move a, that needle that she can't. They're not just randomly picking people. They need to get all the votes they can. And they're going to do that in the States that they actually need based on the electoral college. Um, but he, in some ways he would keep me from voting for her. Ooh. I don't like, it's too, too much religion with him. Mm. I don't know. Get a weird vibe. Anyway, back to Joe Biden. No, God. That's, I, I'm excited for the VP debates now. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of, a lot of white bread going on there. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. I like this part. To state the obvious, and I'm not trying to be a wise guy here. I really mean it. That's not Donald Trump's story. Just listen to me a second without booing or cheering. See, this is... Wow, laying down the law. No, but this is... Because this is brilliant. And this is exactly what nobody on the Republican side did during the entire primary. This is what a number of those speakers did last night at the Democratic convention. Very smart. And it shows why... These, this is a two-term vice president mm-hmm. and why Obama is a two-term president. They get it. They get how to cut through the bullshit and get their message out, but, it's see, but, but it seems like they're just saying it like a side comment to you. Like, listen to me about this. Like, I'm not trying to be a jerk off. Like, just trust me on this <laughs> one. You know just what listen. I mean? And that's why you could see it. You could see the mastery they have of politics over the course of this night, which was reminds you why they've been there. I mean this sincerely. We should really think about this. <laughs> that's ah when i saw him do this i was like that is what every republican should have been doing yeah. and we talked about that it's during a the moment. primaries it's a moment but it's a moment to slow it down and go really think about this because you can say whatever you want donald trump shut up Cruz. what he needed to do was go listen just listen for a second like really think about this if you want to vote for him vote for him but but listen this is what's gonna happen. this is what's gonna happen and that's Way more powerful than than screaming at him or trying to prove him wrong. No, listen to what I think about this. I've been there. Listen to me. His cynicism is unbounded. His lack of empathy and compassion can be summed up in a phrase I suspect he's most proud of having made famous. You're fired. I mean, really, I'm not joking. See, and nobody laughed. And that's the thing. That's how you can tell this guy had everybody in the palm of his hand in this room. Nobody yeah. laughed. You heard somebody go, that's right. He got them to get out of the political mindset, even though this is still clearly politics. Uh But he goes, no, 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 no. Let's stop with the booing and the hissing. That's not what this is about. Let's get fucking real for a second. And people went with him. And and they went, they would have gone to the fucking gates of hell with Obama the way he gave his speech later. But this was real nicely done by Joe Biden. Really impressive. Think about that. Think about that. Think about everything you learned as a child, no matter where you were raised, how can there be pleasure in saying you're fired? He's trying to tell us 
He cares about the middle class. Give me a break. That's a bunch of malarkey. There you go. And there's Biden cutting right through it. That's a moment. All right. So that's a moment, and that's Mm -hmm. a smart way to do it. Yes. Trust us. We've been there. I'm not saying this as a politician. I'm just telling you, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, and it's dangerous. It's not funny. We're not joking. Smart. This is how Biden, uh, excuse me, finishes up his speech. Probably the last time you're going to hear Biden talk on a, on a big level like this. I what? don't know. Well, why, when else is he going to? I mean, he's an older man now. He's had some personal He's going to be giving speeches. You but know I'm just how saying in a huge venue like this, this yes. is it. This is the end of the era. We've had candidates before attempted to get elected by appealing to our fears, but they've never succeeded because we do not scare easily. We never bow. We never bend. We never break when confronted with crisis. No, we endure. We overcome. And we always, always, always move forward. That's why. Yeah, and it's all, it's all the more powerful because his son died of brain cancer within a year ago. Mm-hmm. He's had a lot of personal tragedies. His first wife was killed. He lost another son. Biden's been through it. So this when he says we never bow, we never bow, we never bow. He doesn't he either. Lives it and every that, day. It's, it's the it's the it resonates. That's why I can say with absolute conviction, I am more optimistic about our chances today than when I was elected as a 29-year-old kid to the Senate. The 21st century is going to be the American century because because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. And God willing, God willing, Hillary Clinton will write the next chapter in that journey. We are America, second to none, and we own the finish line. Don't forget it. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Come on. We're America. (laughs) It's hard to beat that. It's very hard to beat that. And that's why that son of a bitch has been in office for eight years, and he's been a very popular uh, Vice President, again, exiting the administration's exiting with a plus 50% approval rating. That's very high. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought Look, and let me say this. It doesn't erase all the problems I have with the administration. It doesn't erase all the problems I'm con- going to continue to have with future administrations or whatever. But from a purely political spectacle, I love this shit. And this was better played Yes. Then the Republicans. It just was. Just objectively. I'm not on team Democrat. But I still think overall the one who had the best moment was Ted Cruz. Nah, that wasn't a really... I mean... To get on stage and still not endorse him. It's an interesting thing, but it was... I don't know. I mean, it it doesn't have the same... It just doesn't... It's not the same thing. It's just not as impressive to me. Um, All right. So now... uh, Michael Bloomberg, Ooh. a surprise entrant into the uh, the foray here, or whatever the fray. Uh, this is Bloomberg getting on stage at the Democratic convention. I got a, a couple of little snippets of him because he really, uh, you know, in his own way, he went after Trump uh, pretty hard during the speech, actually, and we'll play it. And this, this is an interesting thing to have him here. Thank you for that kind introduction. And let me thank all of you for welcoming an outsider here to deliver what... 
<laughs> and outside it to deliver what will be an unconventional convention speech. He's a weird guy, Bloomberg. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, I am not here as a member of any party or to endorse any party platform. I am here for one reason, to explain why I believe it is imperative that we elect Hillary Clinton as the next president of the United States. It's, a bi- it's big. That's a big endorsement for her. All right, so let's skip ahead now. Now, again, I just kind of chopped up his speech a little bit um, for, like, you know, the, 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 the stinging blows. Yes. Now, we've heard a lot of talk in this campaign about needing a leader who understands business. I couldn't agree more. I built a business, and I didn't start it with a million-dollar check from my father. That's a brutal one. Here's why that's a brutal one. Maybe I'll look at the smart guy on his face. That's a brutal one because this is a billionaire saying it. It validates that as an argument. There's a guy that knows a thing or two about making money. Because he's got way more of it than Trump, and like way more legitimately. Um, so that hurts. Hmm. All right, let's skip ahead. As he wants to run the nation like he's running his business, God help us. <laughs> I'm a New Yorker, and I know a con when I see one. Oof. Now. <laughs> shit here's the thing uh-huh. a lot of people might dismiss that and go well it's just him playing policy that's a fucking three-term mayor of new york mm-hmm. a billionaire yes he doesn't have to just show up at shit and do things he doesn't want to do or say things he doesn't want to say he says exact. he's actually what trump is running on yes we're like i self i self-finance blah 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 beholden to no one he's actually self he, if he wants he could win this election right now. He just the polling doesn't show that he could. But he's got enough fucking money to self finance. He can throw two billion at it and still have eight billion in the bank. It doesn't affect him at all. He's really what, and so he's going at it purely because he wants to be doing this. Yes, and for him to say like, "I know a con when I see one," that's not. And nobody wrote his speech. He decided to say that, yes. and he said that because he believes it. Nobody's making that guy say anything. But here is the issue. Okay. They are preaching to the choir. Well, no, I mean, you, in the the room is the choir. Yes. But the national audience, let's see how many people watched it. There is still, look, the election is going to swing on five, six million votes. Mm-hmm. You, you think five, six million people probably saw clips of this? I would hope so. Yeah. Okay. So that's the that's what they're playing for. I don't believe this 20% of voters are, I don't believe that. Okay. But there's a, there's a few voters out there that are... Uh, who whatever i'm not even gonna they are what they are yes they're maybe they're swayable and maybe they think they're being reasonable by waiting to choose although i don't even possibly understand how you could like how could you not know who you're gonna vote for the debates haven't happened well that's absurd people are being ridiculous like really (laughs) what's either one of them gonna say that's gonna change your mind well okay there are people out there like that and that's what this shit is for that's the point there is probably a reasonable center to this country that you know, when they see uh, people with this type of credential come up on stage and say, this guy's a con, you can't trust him, it's dangerous, maybe it sinks in after a while and it just creates that narrative. But y- you never know. This is how Bloomberg wraps up. So tonight... With an ad-libbed line, I'm told. Mm-hmm. As an independent, I am asking you to join with me, not out of party loyalty, but out of love of country. 
and together, and together, let's elect a sane, competent person with international experience. <laughs> that was the ad lib. Ah. And I got a standing ovation. A unifier who is mature enough to reach out for advice, to build consensus, and to recognize that we all have something to contribute. So let's elect Hillary Clinton as the next president of the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. Thank you. Can I tell you something? Yes. There is nothing more positive than telling everybody they have something to contribute. No doubt. Listen, the Democrats had the right... Ma- this was executed flawlessly so far. After We'll get... Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. I got to say, because now we're up to Obama's speech, mm-hmm. which I, I would watch it again... I, I know it's like, oh, you know, I'm just like blowing Obama. Yeah, you are. I loved that guy when he started running. Uh, I was a lot younger at that point. You know, we're talking whatever, 2006, seven when Mm -hmm. he really was out there. So it's, you know, I'm 20 years old. Um, I really loved Obama. And I I believed in what he was putting out there. Now, you never know. If Bernie got an office, maybe it turns out the same way. I, I, you don't know the pressures of the office until you're actually in the office, which is something Obama said, and I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, foreign policy, there's a lot of different things that he did, ways that I didn't like. Okay. But as a person, I, I, I'm fascinated by the guy, and I think he's. it's an unbelievable thing to be involved in this point in history and to see this happen because there's only one generation that's going to actually be there when we got the first black president, potentially the first woman president, or potentially the last president. Uh, if Trump gets elected, but you know, like we're really in a unique point in time. Yes. And I, I have to respect Obama for that. And, uh, I was really impressed by his speech. I would watch it again today. I wanted to say about Gabby Gifford. She was in the, uh, the shot there. That poor woman, the woman that got shot in mm-hmm. the head, Joey, <sighs> she, she can't, she, you know, she's messed up. She can't talk great. Her hand doesn't move. It's sad to watch. I mean, it was nice that she was on stage and she was, you know, saying it's hard for me to talk, but there's only two words I want to be able to say in the fall, and it's Matt, Madam Secretary. You know, it's nice, yeah. but you can't. It's hard for her to say. It's sad to watch. Anyway, all right, President Barack Obama, you ready, Joe? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I was saying the campaign. This convention was flawlessly executed so far. Hillary showing up the other night uh, via, you know, teleconference or whatever the hell it was. They yeah. busted her in, and then at the end here, she makes a surprise appearance. Uh, on stage with Obama. Oh, that hug is timeless. Priceless, timeless. When when have you ever seen something like that? An outgoing president embrace potentially the next, you know, the the favorite to mm-hmm. be the next president. Very, very rare. So it's a really special moment. Do you know moment what that hug does? It totally removes the whole robotic thing from her. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's all they were trying to do, this whole, whole thing. Um, all right, let me find out where we got to go here. I'm trying to get to 16... All right, we can play it from here. All right, so this is President Obama. Now, I have like five clips from mm-hmm. this. They're like a minute or whatever. Just, uh, But it's not going to do it justice. I mean, it's really a special speech. I, I mean that. Oh, I could skip ahead a little bit more. My she knows what's at stake in the decisions our government makes. What's at stake for the work? In- Whoever that person was should get executed. The- uh, you can be saying <laughs> things like that. What? No, they should. They should cut that person's tongue out. What, what are you doing? Shut, shut the fuck up. I hate people that can't even understand the moment. They don't understand the moment. Why don't you just wait 20 minutes to do the fucking whistle, you idiot? That's a lot of people that don't understand that moment. I know, and they're, they're very frustrating. 
Those are your delegates. For the senior None of my delegates. I'm voting for Jill Stein. The Green Party's not there. Okay, fine. For the small business owner. For the soldier. For the veteran. And even in the midst of crisis, she listens to people and she keeps her cool and she treats everybody with respect. And no matter how daunting the odds, no matter how much people try to knock her down, she never, ever quits. She's like the T-1000. She keeps on coming. <laughs> the H-1000? That Ooh. is the Hillary I know. That's the Hillary I've come to admire. And that's why I can say with confidence, there has never been a man or a woman, not me, not Bill, nobody, more qualified than Hillary Clinton to serve as president of the United States of America. That's priceless. Yes. You, you literally cannot put a price on the current president saying that the next person running is more qualified than him and the most popular Democratic president in recent years. Yes. Priceless. Obama brought it last night for Hillary and for himself. It was an exit speech for Obama. Yes. Put it this way. This is what I'm going to give the analogy of. Everybody is up there. Uh-huh. They loaded the bases. Yep. It's the y- bottom of the ninth. Yes. It's two outs. Yep. All Hillary has to do is bat. Yeah. And the she- stage has been set. Yeah. They could have done not a better job as a team, as a unit. Yes. She just needs to take that fucking swing. Yeah. She needs to get a base hit. That's all yes. she got to do. <laughs> Just a base Drive hit. the run in, Hillary. You don't got to be spectacular. It's got to be a good speed. I mean, she, it's nine, the nine. analogy doesn't fit necessarily for this reason. He gave one of the greatest speeches you're ever going to hear at something like this. She has to, you know, she's got to, she, people can't be saying tomorrow, yeah, but Obama's was better. That that's And it's going to be very hard to match that. But you're right. The table is set. Yes. Just, Everyone has gone above and beyond. Yeah, everybody's done everything. Not only would they have done that anyway, but they have to make sure this kook Trump doesn't get in office. Yeah, no, for sure. So everybody else was had that extra oomph. You're absolutely right, Joe. Yes, everybody, everybody brought the A game, and all the heavy hitters showed up. I mean, all of them, in order. Here's the next clip from Barack Obama's speech. There's Duke. And then there's Donald Trump. Now, it's the same thing that Biden did, and it's yes. brilliant. Watch how he... Th- this this speech was a roller coaster. I mean, he was real high, flourishing language. Then he brought it down to like, you guys, listen to me. Like, real. I mean, really masterful performance. I mean, it just is. It's a masterful performance. See people laughing, boo? Don't boo. Vote. Wow. There you go. Yeah, the... Uh... The, the Donald is not really a plans guy. He's not really a facts guy either. This is the sitting president of the United States. You yes. know what I mean? It's like the weight of that. I don't know if that's getting lost on people because he's been shit on so much by the right and whatever, but it's like, this is the sitting president of the United States. It matters what he says. Yes. It does. Uh, all right. He calls himself a business guy, which is true. But I have to say, I know plenty of businessmen and women who've achieved remarkable success without leaving a trail of lawsuits and unpaid workers and people feeling like they got cheated. Plain language. Does anyone really believe that a guy who spent his 70 years on this earth 
showing no regard for working people is suddenly going to be your champion, your voice. Hey, if so, you should vote for him. But if you're someone who's truly concerned about paying your bills, if you're really concerned about pocketbook issues and seeing the economy grow and creating more opportunity for everybody, then the choice isn't even close. If you want someone with a lifelong track record of fighting for higher wages and better benefits and a fairer tax code and a bigger voice for workers and stronger regulations on Wall Street, then you should vote for Hillary Clinton. Bernie! And Hillary's just a hard name to chant. Yeah, it is. Hell dog. Hell dog. That's what that should be done. Rightly concerned about who's going to keep you and your family safe in a dangerous world. Well, the choice is even clear. Hillary Clinton is respected around the world. Not just so, by I mean, leaders. That, that doesn't drive you bananas. It's a crowd. I, you know, I, I'm just going to mention this now, and I know I'm going to catch shit for it. But like a lot of people said on Twitter that a lot of who okay good <laughs> a lot of this <laughs> a lot of people on on Twitter on Twitter on the internet uh, uh-huh. equated the conventions to wrestling. Well, I mean, look, wow, what a what a what a what an amazing point of view that person mm-hmm. has. Yeah, there it's a show. It's yes. a, it's a commercial for this is what we do. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. What do you like, dumb American? That's what this is. Yes. That, of course. But by the people they serve. I, I have to say this. Uh, this is like just telling your friend, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to let you guys in on a secret. People outside of the United States do not understand what's going on in this election. <laughs> they really don't. Because they know Hillary, they've seen her work. She's worked closely with our intelligence teams, our diplomats, our military. She has the judgment and the experience and the temperament to meet the threat from terrorism. It's not new to her. All right, so then you know, then he yes. extols the virtues of Hillary Clinton. But see, but see what I mean—the way that he's it's taking it up, he's taking it down. He's got some flowing rhetoric. He says he speaks plainly. It's a very, it's a really, uh, it's an impressive work that he put together. It took him. Six, seven drafts over three weeks, they said, to put this together. And meanwhile, then it just sounds like he's reciting it. It was, uh, you know, out of his out of his memory. It's very impressive. All right. Two more clips from this. Mm-hmm. We're not a fragile people. We're not a frightful people. Our power doesn't come from some self-declared savior promising that he alone can restore order as long as We do things his way. We don't look to be ruled. This part is amazing to me because it's the sitting president of the United States essentially explaining to Americans that, like, we're a democracy. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, remember that we don't do it this way? Like, what are we doing? (laughs) He he just has to point it out to, like, we control this. Our power... Our power comes from those immortal declarations... First put to paper right here in Philadelphia all those years ago. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That we, 
the people can form a more perfect union. That's who we are. That's our birthright. The capacity to shape our own destiny. You son of a bitch. You really nailed it. That's Thank my clan. I brought that up. That's pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, B.O. I mean, if, Clinton must have been loving this. I mean, this is impressive to watch this shit go down. Also, this is a little taste of post-presidency Obama. Mm. He's a young That's going to be fun. He's a young man when he gets out of office. It's not the last time you're going to hear from Barack Obama. That's what drove. That's you know, if I'm the ex-president, I'm podcast. What? If I was ex-president. Yeah, talking smack with Barack Obama. <laughs> yep. It's revolution over tyranny. And our GIs to liberate a continent. It's what gave women the courage to reach for the ballot. And marchers to cross a bridge in Selma. And workers to organize and fight for collective bargaining and better wages. Um, America's never been about what one person says he'll do for us. It's about what can be achieved by us, together. Through the hard and slow and sometimes frustrating, but ultimately enduring work of self-government. And that's what Hillary Clinton understands. All right, so he's got to bring it back to Hillary. Okay, nicely done. Two clips. I lied. And should we really should we play out the last one, Joey, and see Hillary arrive on stage? It's yes. a pretty. It's a nice moment. Okay. And then when we're done, so let's. All right. Two more clips. This is the second to last one. This whole thing is for her, Chris. I know. It's so frustrating. It would have been. And do you really know nice what's sad about this? What? The fact that we're going to go through all this and her numbers only go down. Nah, you're wrong about that, Joey. Okay. You're wrong. I'm telling you, you're wrong. All right. She won the nomination. She she that that's out the window. So if you agree that there's too much inequality in our economy and too much money in our politics, we all need to be as vocal and as organized and as persistent as Bernie Sanders supporters have been during this election. Nice shout out. Mm -hmm. Smart. Absolutely. We all need to get out and vote for Democrats up and down the ticket and then hold them accountable until they get the job done. That's right. Feel the burn. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. And then it cuts to burn. I love that shot of Bernie because he's just sitting there with his hands on his knees, like smirking, like, all right. You did all right it. Thank you. Yo, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Mr. President. Uh, it's, very, it's a nice if moment. That was a nice want... moment. All right. Yeah. Uh, final clip, Joey. And I mean, I guess I'll have to skip ahead a little bit to when Hillary comes out, but we'll figure it out. This is how Obama ended the speech. Again, this was a really masterful performance. And, um, you know, this is how he closes it out. Picked me up. No, wait, 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 wait. Time and again, you've picked me up. And I hope sometimes I picked you up too. Emotional, a little bit of tears in the eyes. It's like, that's a performance. And you can't teach that. He probably is really feeling a little emotional there. But, mm -hmm. but like I'm saying with Hillary, it's like, let it go, Hill. And tonight... I ask you to do for Hillary Clinton what you did for me. 
I ask you to carry her the same way you carried me. Because you're who I was talking about 12 years ago when I talked about hope. It's been you who fueled my dogged faith in our future, even when the odds were great, even when the road is long. Hope in the face of difficulty. Hope in the face of uncertainty. The audacity of hope. America, you've vindicated that hope these past eight years. And now I'm ready to pass the baton and do my part as a private citizen. So this year, in this election, I'm asking you to join me, to reject cynicism and reject fear, and to summon what is best in us to elect Hillary Clinton as the next president of the United States and show the world we still believe in the promise of this great nation. Thank you for this incredible journey. Let's keep it going. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. Woo! Wow! Nailed it. Dude, forget nailed it. There's a handful. Of, there's. It's probably single digits of people that can give a speech like that. Period. And you're just being a jerk if you don't accept that. I mean, you really are. All right, so now Obama's chilling on stage. He's got the classic He's campaign music. Ah, look at Gabby Gifford. It's sad. Um, all right, so Obama's chilling there. Love the song. It's great. Wait, is there something? Ha- look, crowd's loving it. I mean, the crowd is so into it, Joey. Now Obama's walking to the other side of the stage. What's going on here? Looks at ease. Fucking great. Great song. This is a cool campaign thing. Now what's going on? Hold on. When does she come out? God damn it. <laughs> well, whatever. People are enjoying it. I think that... So you didn't even watch the end of the speech. Oh, look at that. Oh, it's Hillary. Pointing. It's Hillary. All right. Now she comes out. She's smiling, of course. Big hug to the Aww. sitting president. God, no- oh, God, I would have killed you to hear what they said to each other there. Beautiful moment. Look at this. Nice hug. Real sweet. Now they walk around the stage arm in arm. Priceless, Joey. Yeah, you cannot set, set this any better for her. They crushed it. <laughs> they could not have set the stage any better. That's all I'm saying. From purely political point of view, nailed it. Wow. That's it's crazy. When could you ever see this? I can't wait to critique this speech. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. You didn't even really watch it. No, her speech. Oh, well, yeah. I'm excited to see it. Look at this. Hand with hand. Really impressive. Just to me, I mean, that has to erase the memory of anything the Republicans put together. They, they name one other than the Cruz thing. Mm-hmm. What else happened at that convention? Ivanka's speech was go- good. Oh yeah, did we even talk about Ivanka? Very poised, very impressed with her. Mm-hmm. R- real, really great. I mean, she gave a perfect speech. Essentially, she's very impressive. But it's not going to. I mean, it it's not going to hold it up. It can't compare. Nah, Johnny. I'm sorry, I waved you off. What were you going to say? We were, were. Oh, I just wanted to go out to that song today. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we been a good outro. yeah, we can't. Uh, we don't have, don't the, have the rights. rights that song, yeah. No. So, uh, yeah, we won't do that. Stevie, our apologies. And, uh, uh, also, I was just saying, Chris, you got, you're still going to vote for Jill Stein after that speech? Oh, yeah. Look, this is what's what going to do it for you. 
Um, he said it already. They have to be extremely close. Yeah, I said New Jersey. By the way, I'm registered to vote in New York now because that's where I live. So, oh, but I'm just saying, if it's close to New York, fucking technicalities. No, it's not a technicality. I, I'm just saying, I don't trust her on a number of different issues that we've laid out and will continue to mm-hmm. lay out. But I'm not insane. If it, re- if I felt like my one vote could tip it for Hillary Clinton, as and if I didn't vote, it would go to Trump. I'm not crazy. I would definitely do that. Okay. Okay. I, I'm not trying to like ruin the planet, but I know that the state I come from, both state, you know, the one I was born and the one I live in now, it's not going to make much of a difference. Probably, it's going to go Democratic. So I don't have to worry about it. I can vote my actual conscience and vote for Jill Stein, and I'll live with the results. And we'll see what happens in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, Nevada. We'll, we, you know, we'll see where these actually go. That's mm-hmm. where the election is going to be decided. So that's it. Good coverage today, Joey. Great coverage. Um, again, we keep our eye on Hillary's speech tonight. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about it next week, but at that point, it's going to feel probably well over. Yeah. Um, we'll keep our eye on the poll numbers and all that stuff, and we'll just keep it rolling. Yes. Johnny, thank you for producing the show. Thank you for chiming in. Hey, now. There you go. Uh, listen, Samsonites, iTunes, go on there. What you do is you subscribe to the podcast. And once you do that, you give us a five-star rating and you tell everybody why you like listening to the show. You also go on SoundCloud.com slash Mandatory Samson. You can follow us on there and you can comment on the episodes. Like if I say something you don't like, comment right there and go, I like that he said that. Or if you agree with me, which let's be honest, 99 out of 100 times is going to be the case. It's a little high. That's the place to do it. Well, look, we're a high quality show. Google Play Store. That's where you can listen to the podcast. If you're an Android listener, uh, email us, mandatorysampson at gmail.com. I did get a couple emails, but I figured this is going to be a longer episode, which I'm correct. We're almost at two hours mm-hmm. again. Um, I got the emails. Don't worry, guys. I answered you and they'll, they'll show up on the show. Man Samp on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, etc. Joey, you're at Joey from Jersey. Jersey, Jersey spelled with a Z. But you're Joey from Jersey pretty much everywhere. Yes. People can find you. Uh, we love you guys. We appreciate you supporting the podcast. We're going to be back next week. MSP 91. Take care until then. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. No, we out.